Welcome to the Community Theatre Studio Podcast. This podcast exposes the past, futures, dreams, and experiences of people in the community theatre. I am your host, Gary Kochi. So let me introduce you to Sarah Vinier. So I have a number of questions to learn about you in community theatre, so let's tell you how many we can get through, all right? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so what got you into community theatre? I've been doing community theatre since I was like... Probably, I think my first show I did was Annie, sounds right, uh, when I was like eight years old. Um, I grew up in Voorhees, and there's a little theater company called Voorhees Theater Company, um, literally on the street where I grew up, so mom and dad could just send me walking down there and didn't have to drive me. And I started doing shows there, and um, it just became something it, I loved to do. It was my after-school activity, and... Uh, I never stopped. <laughs> Started at eight years old and still going strong. So theater was a big thing, not so much sports or anything, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we always like to say that every good Voorhees child played either soccer or softball. My sister did soccer, and I played softball. And then um, I'm just very accident-prone. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it didn't work out for me too well. I wasn't bad at it. I just would hurt myself all the time. Interesting. And uh, <laughs> I did gymnastics and I did dance lessons and stuff like that. But um, theater was kind of what I ended up loving. And I made such a community of friends even when I was a kid that it just kind of stuck with me. And uh, I just kept going. Well, gymnastics and uh, dance definitely, I'm sure, helped in theater. Absolutely. Um, I did gymnastics for probably five or six years when I was little. And that definitely was a great introduction to some of the like more physical aspects of theater, like some of the shows I've done, stage combat-y stuff. It was definitely mm-hmm. an interesting way to kind of introduce it. Um, and I did ballet for like eight years as a child. And I stopped at this time when my dance teacher was pretty much like, you either need to get serious about ballet or quit. quit. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, ballet is really serious and theater is way more fun. And so I picked theater, <laughs> theater. and that's how it happened. <laughs> so then that means how long have you been in community theater for about? Like 20 years, 20 I guess. Years? Yeah. I mean, something around there. It's a good bit. That's yeah. Really good bit. <laughs> so uh, what all have you done in community theater? I know you act. I've yeah. seen you on stage a number of times. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, the I started out acting and performing in musicals or plays or any sort of activity like that. As I started getting older at the Voorhees Theater Camp, I was a camp counselor. Okay. So that kind of started introducing me to a lot of the other side of it. I got to educate kids, and I got to learn about how to run the backstage since the counselors ran the backstage for the kids. Okay. Um, And so I learned how to wrangle kids backstage. (laughs) I learned how how to organize props, how to organize costumes a little bit. And that was a really great start at learning backstage things. When I got into high school, when I didn't get cast in my freshman year, I decided to do stage crew because my sister Mm -hmm. did stage crew. It was really cool to learn about how to build a set and what it takes. Because as an actor, I'd never really thought about it. And it gives you such an appreciation for everything that all the other people around you that you don't always get to see on stage at the end that don't Mm -hmm. always get the round of applause at the end have to do. Um, I'm not very good at it. (laughs) I'm not very strong um, or very skilled with a screw gun, but I can do it if need be. One of the other main things I do is I, I stage manage a lot. I started doing it in college 
my first year at uh, my college, I was taking a class that was like a production class that was required class for my major. And my professor came up to me um, and had loved one of the projects I did and said, um, I need an assistant stage manager for the Who's Tommy and you're doing it. You don't have a choice. <laughs> See you next semester. And so that's how I started stage managing. And that same semester, I had um, uh, assistant directing, which was kind of like the less of assistant directing, more of a learning position in my college. And um, I'd been doing that for the full Monty. And one of our actors who was in the show broke his ankle. And our stage manager had to jump in and take his part. And (laughs) I got promoted to stage manager right after assistant stage managing. I wasn't too bad at it. So um, it's a really great way to get out the logical side of my brain. Um, (laughs) Because I am accident prone, I think I'm extra good at looking for safety hazards. Um, (laughs) Because I know if I trip over it, someone else might. So (laughs) um, I just go ahead and I test it out first for everyone. But uh, I I like doing that too. It's a different side of my brain. But it's really cool, and I feel very proud when I do that also. So, so uh, what was your major? I was a theater major. Oh, so you were a theater school. major. Yeah. Oh. I ended up going to two different schools in a transfer, but they were both theater majors. Pursued theater, just different locations. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so what was your most memorable moment in community theater? <sighs> community theater, my most memorable moment. There's been a couple. I mean, obviously... The shows that got me to keep doing community theater are in a way memorable. Like what shows? Like, I mean, when I was very little, I loved doing, I mean, I, when I was little, I did Annie. I did Bye Bye Birdie. I did Annie Get Your Gun, you know. But it was really neat to watch the kids who were older than me. And they were such good mentors to us. Um, and Voorhees Theater um, does a lot of, like, youth productions. So it was all kids. Okay. Just to me, they didn't feel like kids. They were 16, but to me, they felt like grownups, you know, when I was eight. They were really, those are definitely moments that have stuck in my head. I end up finding the playbills years later, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I also, um, I did a production of um, The Drowsy Chaperone at Haddonfield Plays and Players a couple years ago. It was just, that show is so much fun, and our cast had such a good time. We just all, for the most part, like, there was no drama and everyone just really had a good time being in the show. And we all kept saying that that was one of those shows that we wished we could have kept going, like we weren't ready for the run to end. And then actually, of course, um, last year at Village Playbox, I did The Diary of Anne Frank, which I had always wanted to do. And we really, we still like talk in our little Facebook group all the time, but um, we really became a family in that tight little group and everyone shows up to see each other's shows and <laughs> we all still like call each other mother and daughter and sister <laughs> and but it really um i think both the show's subject matter and the really unique devoted passionate group of people we got involved with it um just made the experience really special and we all loved it and um that was definitely one I'll continue to remember. Oh, I saw that production a number of times, and yes, definitely brought tears to a number of people's eyes, I'm sure. So with all that, um, being on the happy note, let's switch. So what has been maybe your worst experience in community theater? Well, as I said, I'm accident prone. 
And so, I mean, while we're on the subject of Anne Frank, we had a really a, a fun moment during one of the shows, which happened to also, of course, be the show that somebody was filming. And there's a moment where um, Anne and Peter have like a tug of war <laughs> on their shoes. And we always just, you know, had a good time, me and uh, Zach, who played my brother, uh, not my brother, my love interest. <laughs> and um, he and I would always tug of war. And I don't know what happened, but somehow when he, I released the shoes, I scratched my leg. I don't really know how, but it just felt like a scratch. I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I scratched my leg. And then like a minute or two later, I like felt something on my leg and I looked down and I'm just like, I'm just bleeding. <laughs> like I was just really, and I have on these like bright white knee socks and there's just like bright red going down my leg. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I don't leave the stage at nope. all in act one. And so I'm like, it's like what, 15 minutes into the show and I'm now bleeding from my leg and I can't go off stage and stop it. And so I have like five seconds in act one where Anne isn't talking because she is so chatty. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I need to do something about this. I'm going to bleed everywhere. And I ran upstage to where my mom and my sister were and they were uh, washing dishes. And I went up to them and I just said, hi, I need your towel. Thanks. And they just both kind of stared at me and stared down at my leg. And um, Katie so in character of her it felt like just shook her head at me like oh my gosh what did you do now and for the rest of act one I walked around holding a dish towel on my leg um, because it was the only way to stop the bleeding and my adrenaline was pumping so fast and it was on my leg which is just such an easy place for the blood to flow to and gravity was just it was just a I just limped around with a dish towel on my leg for the rest of the act. And um, oh. my parents were there and they thought it was hilarious. Oh, my goodness. So, wow. Know, that was definitely an experience. Uh, I laugh about it now. Why but. don't I remember seeing that? Uh. Well, <laughs> interesting. So um, how did you learn, I guess, all that you do in a theater? I guess a lot of it was, I guess, the Voorhees Theater mm -hmm. and college. It was definitely a combination I think, first of all, um, my dad is like super into theater and show tunes and did it when he was a kid. And so um, some of what I learned, I learned just by listening to his show tunes in the car because the show tunes were the kid appropriate thing to listen to in the car. Okay. Unlike <laughs> some of today's shows, yes. And so I listened to a lot of show tunes in the car and that definitely started my learning. But definitely a lot I learned by growing up at uh, Voorhees Theater and that was a lot of just learning all the different aspects of it and getting to experience different things. And sometimes learning, a lot of learning came from when I was teaching the kids. That was definitely a big, big part of the education is teaching and they teach you. <laughs> I also had in high school, I was fortunate enough to... Um, Obviously, I belong to the theater club, but um, I went to Eastern High School and we had a program that we were part of called the New Jersey Drama and Forensics League. Not forensics like science. Forensics is also a term for public speaking. Okay. Um, it was one of the coolest experiences ever. It was like 
your school would all bring a team and you'd go to different schools that participated within the state of New Jersey. And there's different categories like dramatic monologue, comedic pairs, improvisational pairs. And you'd get to sign up for these different categories and you'd compete against other people in these categories. So I might go in and do a comedic pair with my friend from uh, a Neil Simon play and someone come else, else comes in and does one from a David Ives piece. And mm-hmm. there are uh, judges who are usually teachers of sorts, sometimes um, local theater folks, all sorts of people. And they would rate your performance on a scale from, I think it was 70 to 100. I don't know why they started at <laughs> 70, but... And um, once they rated you, you'd get placed in the room and you'd perform it twice that day um, so that it was fair to different judges. And then um, if you placed in the top five, you'd go into the finals round and you'd compete against the best folks of the day. So it was a very long day. It was a Saturday. We'd get on the bus usually like seven in the morning. We wouldn't get home until like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, depending on where we were. And if you... uh, if you got into finals, you got trophies. So that was my way of getting trophies. I didn't do sports, but I did a competitive theater league, which makes me double nerdy. But um, (laughs) it was such a great way to learn because the judges fill out these sheets when they rate you and they write what they thought you did a good job at, uh, what you needed to improve on, little tips, things that they thought you were missing. Was your diction bad? Were you too fast? Were you missing these jokes? And you'd get those sheets at the end of the day on the bus ride home. And so each week by reading those sheets, you really, really learned what you were good at and what you were bad at. And mm-hmm. I used to talk way too fast <laughs> all the time. And it, my sheets would always say, slow down, slow down. And it really helped me because uh, you you don't know some of the things you do as an actor sometimes. You don't realize that you're talking too fast because to you... It sounds like how you always talk. And so when someone just points it out to you, why is your hand always in your pocket? Uh, I don't know. I didn't know my hand was in my pocket. (laughs) So that was a really, really amazing learning experience. And then at the end of the season, you go to state final. It was just like a sports team. Like you'd go to a state final at the end and it was super cool. And um, it was just all theater kids from all over the state. But it was something that I really, really feel like was so valuable to me, not just as an actor, but as like a public speaker, because I did categories like persuasive speaking. Hmm. And those categories are so good at at helping young people learn. I did better in class projects because of that competitive league. I did better speaking in front of a room. I feel more comfortable with other people because of that. And it was just absolutely one of the best experiences. And now when I can, I go back and judge. And uh, it's that was definitely a huge, huge part of my education before I went to college. Wow. Definitely sounds like a really interesting time. It was time pretty there. incredible. Wow. So with all the shows that you've done, would there possibly be a dream part or show that you would like to do, or have you already done it? Well, there's a couple. Anne and Anne Frank was definitely a dream role. I actually came and I thought I was too old, but I'm not regretting it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying his judgment choice was bad, because I'm very grateful I got to do it. There's a couple. I, um, <laughs> some of them are like really random shows, but um, I... there's Random's good. <laughs> Uh, there doesn't have to be a connection between them. <laughs> there's a, a great musical I saw a couple of years ago on Broadway called Violet. Um, okay. I'd love to do Violet. And she's described as like small and kind of like, you know, I don't want to say raggedy, but like I'm kind of gangly. Kind of, <laughs> I can do that. 
I'd love to do um, a friend of mine and I really want to do Sideshow together very badly, which if you don't know is a musical about Daisy and Violet Hilton, who were the Siamese twins on the vaudeville circuit. And the show is so beautiful, but um, always struggles to uh, do well on Broadway. I don't think we as a people are ready to accept how we treated these people. And so when they put it on a stage and you see all these different people with what they called freaks, but right. today we'd call medical issues. <laughs> I don't know that we're quite, we're quite ready as a people to accept that. And so when it goes on a stage, I don't know that it does well because people aren't ready to be chastised. But the music is beautiful. It was Alice Ripley and Emily Skinner in the original. And a friend of mine and I really want to do that together. My most random dream role is... Um, uh, obviously, at my for my age, a lot of people are very obsessed with Wicked. It was the show that came out <laughs> when I was in like middle to to high school, um, and it was like everybody and their best friend was belting out "Defying Gravity" very oh, poorly yeah. <laughs> down the hallway. I just really want to be Nessa. Everyone wants to be Alphaba or Glinda, but I just want to be Alphaba's sister who's in the wheelchair. I don't. <laughs> I okay. um. This sounds terrible, but I'm really good at playing people who are injured. Um, <laughs> if you don't injure yourself, okay. Right, you, you know, I have experience. <laughs> but um, I also think she's a really, really interesting part. She has a really dramatic change. She is the one who becomes the Wicked Witch that uh, is first crushed by Dorothy's house <laughs> in The Wizard of Oz. She is so tragic um, and so interesting. And I just, it's like, I just want the show to close so I can just play Nessa, which is so random. <laughs> That's definitely one of my uh, my dreams. There's a couple. And every time I listen or see more theater, there's more and more parts oh, yes. I want to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so with all that, might there be a show or a part that you would never want to do? I, you know, I don't know that I think about that very often. You see, you see, You see a show that's, being advertised on, uh, you know, hey, we're doing casting for this. And you're like, that show? They're doing that show? No, I'm, I'd never do that show. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I really think, um, I really don't think there is a specific role that I'm like, no, I never do that. Especially if someone was going to pay me, I'd probably do it. For paying? <laughs> How much do we pay in community theater? Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I don't know that there's really a show. I, I don't know that there's really a show I feel that way about. There are definitely shows I wouldn't go audition for because I don't think I'm right for them. Or I don't think that I fit in them. Off the top of my head, I really can't think of anything that I'm like. Um, I think it's so interesting to do things, to do all sorts of different theater. Um, there's so much variety and comedy and tragedies and modern and contemporary and mm-hmm. Shakespeare. And I don't know that there's anything I'm like, no, I would never do that. No, I don't think so. All righty. Well, that's definitely open there. there. <laughs> I'll let you know if I find one one day. <laughs> All right. So are there any jobs other than, let's see, stage manager and <laughs> actor and assistant stage manager, and of course, a little bit of the costumes, I guess you said, and some of the props. Anything you'd, you'd like to try or um, go back to doing? I mean, I pretty actively both act and stage manage. There's definitely an interest in me in directing. Um, I don't know if that interest is right now. I think there's still a lot to learn before I'm ready to feel like I'm, I want to direct. But there's definitely an interest there. Okay. 
Um, if I could ever learn to sew, I really think costumes are very interesting. If you talk to my um, my boyfriend, he tells you I'm the most annoying person when you go to see a show <laughs> because costumes drive me nuts. If I like period things just really bug me. If it's um, not period for the show. Right. Yeah. It really takes me out of it. So he's always said that it's something I should try. But I mean, I can sew a button, but that's about all I got. <laughs> so maybe if I ever uh, can get someone to properly teach me, that'd be something I'm interested in. But definitely, I'd be interested in directing at some point in the future. All right. Well, good. So why do you like to work in community theater? Or I guess theater in general. But why, do you, why community theater as well? There's something about community theater, about how people tr- like treat each other and how people care. When you do a, a, a show like Anne Frank, where you have a group of people who have all wanted to do Anne Frank and who all think the subject matter is important, there's something about like creating that family in the community and not just with the actors all the time. You end up doing shows where, especially when you have the actors helping build the sets and pulling mm-hmm. pieces and stuff, um, everybody really bonds. And when you finish that show and you say to yourself, wow, not only did I perform in that, but I helped with the props and uh, I screwed that piece of wood in <laughs> and I painted that. It just makes you feel so proud to be a part of it and to contribute. And you're like, wow, look at what we can do with just people who care, not people who are doing it to get paid, which is, of course, a wonderful thing. But just people who are doing this out of their own free time because they love it. And that is so inspiring. And it always makes me so proud to be a part of a part of that community. Well, that's definitely an interesting reason of why a lot of people, I guess, love to stay in the community theater. So what is one part of community theater that the general public might not know about? They come out, they see you perform, they go home. Right. (laughs) I I think there's a lot of parts about community theater that the general public probably doesn't know about. The amount of work it takes to put a set up, how many, uh, as a stage manager, how many light cues I have to go through. (laughs) I just uh, stage managed Brighton Beach Memoirs at Haddonfield Plays and Players, and I had like 300 light cues. And if you're watching from the audience, you would never know that the lights changed 300 times. Mm -hmm. But you feel it in the room when the lights dim just a slight bit and then dim just a slight bit another two lines later. (laughs) You feel it in the room, but you'd never know that I'm sitting up there panicking that I'm not going to get the lights on the right time. Um, I think one of the funny things that people don't know about is eating food on stage. And like when you're sitting there and the food has to be set at the top of the show and you don't eat it until an hour in and it's cold and it's disgusting (laughs) and you're just sitting there and you're I I did a show once where we had to eat tater tots and let me tell you a cold soggy tater tot really put me (laughs) off tater tots for probably a couple years. (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely an experience that you probably don't think of. You're like, oh, they're eating food. Look, it's so cool. They're eating real food. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. <laughs> With um, a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without letting anybody know how terribly cold and soggy this tater tot is and then having to wash it down with lukewarm room temperature milk. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man. So that's definitely something they probably don't think about. 
All right. So what is now in the future for Sarah? You're right now in rehearsal. Yes. Um, when this gets released, it'll be tech week. <laughs> uh, um, I'm right now in rehearsal for uh, The Miracle Worker at the Village Playbox. Um, it opens on November 4th, and it runs through November 19th. Uh, it, the Miracle Worker is uh, the famous story of Helen Keller and uh, Annie Sullivan. Mm-hmm. It's another show I've always wanted to do, and um, so I'll be playing Annie Sullivan. I'm so excited. The girl who is Helen is so cute and adorable and sweet and beats me up every night. But um, <laughs> it's and she uh, does it well, I believe. She yeah. does. She does it very well. Um, <laughs> and we're having a really great time, and I'm very, very excited. It's such a cool, cool piece of theater, and I'm I'm just really excited to... So if you're listening to this when it gets released, you have two weekends to order your tickets and come out and see (laughs) Sarah on stage. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, Anything else coming up for Sarah? The next couple of things um, in terms of community um, theater-wise are stage management things for me. In February, I'll be stage managing To Kill a Mockingbird at the Ritz Theater. And then in May... March, April, May, sometime around, around there. there. Um, I'll be stage managing The Pillow Man at Haddonfield Plays and Players. Uh, both of those will be directed by my boyfriend, Matthew Weil. Um, we've started kind of like working together. He directs, I stage manage, and it's become a really, really cool experience. And we are really excited to do two totally, totally different pieces of theater. A very, very classic piece and a very, very modern, dark mm-hmm. comedy. So... So I'm booked through May. Okay. <laughs> so keep a lookout for Sarah. She's around here somewhere. She may be backstage. <laughs> Hiding in the booth. <laughs> All right. So what would you say to anyone interested in joining community theater? I'd say do it. Um, <laughs> there is, no matter who you are, always a place in community theater for you. If you're too nervous to go on stage we always need hands with help building the sets or pulling the props or organizing food so that the actors and the people building things who are there all day aren't starving or you know there are just so many little jobs that um selling tickets ushering like Mm -hmm. anything um there are so many jobs that uh people always need help for but there's also there's no communities that are in my mind, I'm sure there are. I, ha- I don't have a vast amount of experience because I've just stuck so hard with theater. But theater is such a, a supportive community. And we are there for each other no matter what. If you are having a great day, we will be there to share it with you. And if you are having a terrible day, we will be there to make you feel better at the end of the day. And so if you have ever thought about doing theater, community theater is such a great place to just go for it. There are so many different levels of people and experience. And I love when I do a show and someone's like, well, I've always wanted to do theater and I was always too scared. And so now I'm giving it a shot. And I'm like, you are my favorite people. I love it. It makes me so happy that um, that they're doing something that makes them happy. And so I'd say if, if you want to do community theater, find your local theater shoot an email to the first email address you find on their website or call their box office and say, what can I do? And they will absolutely give you a list of 15 things they need help (laughs) on and when the next auditions are. And it's just a really um, great place to to make friends, 
to spend your free time if you have any and um, and to grow as an artist and a person. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> wow, one, wonderful stories there. Well, I am your host, Gary Kochi, and I'd like to thank Sarah Vinier for joining me here today. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Community Theater Studio Podcast. This podcast is currently being supported by the Village Playbox Theater of Haddon Heights, New Jersey. The music is titled Energy and is provided by royalty-free music from Ben Sound. If you have any comments, questions, or requests, you can contact us on Facebook as Community Theater Studio, on our website, communitytheaterstudio.podbean.com, or email us at communitytheaterstudio at gmail.com. We are now currently also available on iTunes, so please join me next week when we once again talk to people of the community theaters.